I don't know what you're talking about. You hate listen to her podcast. Wait, what? And you made a swear on our lives not to tell anyone. Jordan, is that true? I like your podcast, Alice. What is your podcast about? Hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend. Did you just groan? No. When I said hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend. Like that. Like that. You Fuck. just did it again. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests. You have to do a Google calendar. And then you build a following. It takes a long fucking time. And I've been working on it for a while. Welcome to the sleepiest time of the year. Yes, that's the time in between Christmas and New Year's, where everybody just takes a nap the whole time. Nothing else happens. You should be napping right now. You should be in your PJs, hanging out. At least that's what's happening with me, but I am currently on paternity leave, so uh, I'm taking a nap whenever I can, whenever my my newborn son is napping. Um, I'm down, resting. I think I'm in PJs right now. I stayed in some sort of pajamas. Me too. The entire day. <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad to hear I'm not alone. Me too. Glad to hear I'm not alone. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to Flyby Films. Uh, this is our final episode of the year, and if you're listening, then wow, uh, you may have heard based on the the previous mini episode that I um, I have a new life in my household, a son named Hazel Elias Barsodi, and yes, uh, uh, Blake nailed the name when he read it (laughs) he had only read it by text at that point so he did a really good job so um joining me is my co-host blake blake how have you been i'm good Uh, i don't know if anyone can hear it but my my cat is meowing in the background so that's the thing that might happen throughout the episode i cannot (laughs) hear it the one that didn't die Uh, oh (laughs) I cannot hear your cat, so I think you're good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Or you're not good, and you're actually insane, and that cat doesn't exist. Ooh. It's like a goodnight mommy kind of scenario? Yes. Goodnight mommy or uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah. The the, the, the superior version. The much superior version. <laughs> I actually am not a fan of Goodnight Mommy. I, I'm not either. I watched it and I just didn't like it. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, nope. so we're not. We're not going to get off on tangents about how Goodnight Mommy sucks. We're not going to get off on tangents about uh, how, how Avatar Two how sucks. critics <laughs> are being paid off. <laughs> exactly to say good things about Avatar Two. No. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> what 
what uh what did you say that our new tagline was for this podcast i don't remember I we're, just we're, say- we're the critics that aren't paid off or something like that oh yeah we're the critics that aren't paid off <laughs> we're not worth paying off the critics not worth paying off oh man if i well, if, yeah that, i just that seems feel a bit critical of jameson <laughs> hey I just feel on Cloud9 that I get to steal the name Critic and apply it to something I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So, anyway. I wrote I wrote reviews for, for about six, seven years, and I still consider this the height of my criticism, this podcast right here. So... <laughs> was great and will continue to be great and this podcast is a blip in that journey <laughs> oh no it's more than a blip it's the culmination culmination <laughs> uh, so flatter, jameson you flatter me blake one of the things that you you and i both we we connect over uh tv and movies clearly because we're doing a podcast about it but but we also talk a lot a lot about music and as a little jaunt, just a little tangent, I wanted to know what was your big musical discovery of 2022? So you gave me this a couple days ago, and I've been thinking about it. Um, there were there were some things that I discovered. Um, there were there was a, a South Korean kind of. Uh, this is going to sound stupid, fifth wave emo band um, called... Slash um, Dream Wave, or Dream, Dream, uh, what is it? Dream Pop? Dream Pop and like, um, um, what is it called? Shoegaze and all mm-hmm. those things kind of, yep. kind of go together. But um, this was a band called Asian Glow. And I actually discovered them after i had been to south korea so (laughs) i didn't i didn't get a chance to try to look them up so that was kind of a a funny coincidence but i i enjoy that however that's not i that's not the one that i want to i want to like call out right now because i actually think for my musical year it was dominated by someone that i wasn't expecting and someone that i i think blake might not super jive with but he jives with his brother because his brother we've Ooh. talked about a lot so oh. so okay. i think i know who this is yeah yeah so um if you're if you're familiar with like tooth and nail and and kind of like 90s to to early 2000s christian indie music then you've heard of starflyer 59 and starflyer 59 is fantastic um yeah. it's it's the artist Jason Martin, and I could probably fill a podcast episode with the wonderful things that I could say about we Jason might, Martin. We might have to do a mini-set at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> you know, there should be a documentary made about him. And specifically, actually, there should be a documentary made about the Martin brothers. Because yes. Jason Martin isn't alone in his musical prowess. He actually has a brother that they started making music together 
in a band called Morella's Forest that released something in the late 80s, like 88. And then there was like, they formed like a house music group called, oh, I, I, I'm blanking on their it's name. Been, it's been so long since I've gotten down the Starflyer 59 wiki hole. So yeah, I don't remember it. it. It might be something like Dance Hall Children or I don't know. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. I think, I, think, it, I think it is Dance Hall Children. Potentially. Um, but anyway, then um, that was that was him and his brother, Ronnie Martin. And at that point, they, uh, they um, kind of split up. And then um, Jason formed Starflyer 59 which started out as, as a shoegaze band, really, really like, uh, kind of like a surf rock version of My Bloody Valentine. Um, and, and there were some really good, um, really good releases kind of in that era, but he's had his, he's, his debut Starflyer 59 album is considered one of the greatest shoegaze albums of all time by most people. Silver. That is a great, great great album and it has like i said it has that has that my bloody valentine fuzz but also this really cool california um surf rock vibe to it it's it's he has the uh he has the melodic uh capabilities of like slow dive Mm -hmm. people like that yeah it's pretty great um and actually i think i could say something great about all of his records and he has plenty but we're not here to talk about Jason. We're here to talk about Ronnie. So Ronnie Martin then split off and did the weirdest project called mm-hmm. Joy Electric. And yeah. Joy Electric, the first if if you've never heard Joy Electric before, you're gonna be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I don't like this. Is it children's music? Is it not? Is it like what what is going on? And it's, it's just, it's just, uh, um, oh man, indie pop, it's all synthesizer. And, um, in fact, he has, he has an album, the ministry of archers that like Mm -hmm. it, um, it's all done on this very classic Moog, uh, instrument and it's very analog and it's, it's cool. I, I think I like it maybe a little bit more than Blake. I jive with it, but um, I don't want to speak too much for. I, I've always wanted to like Joy Electric, but every time I listen to them, I can make it maybe two or three songs and I'm done. Yeah. But I like the concept of what he does. Like, I like what he, what his, like thesis is yeah i just for whatever reason the execution just is rough for me yeah (laughs) so it it's very very saccharine right like that i think is the adjective that is is the best thing to describe um what joy electric like feels like when you listen to it it's very bubbly very almost over the top, which is ironic because it's also minimalist. It's mm-hmm. it, and in fact, ministry archers is a very minimalist, um, 
piece of work. But um, he kind of shelved this project in 2013. I think both both him and Jason have had kind of diminishing returns, even though they have really strong uh, fan bases. But, you know, life gets the better of you. You do things, you know, you, you get busy with kids. You, you just, you know. You're trying things... to keep a trucking business afloat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Jason Martin's recent output is all about these topics and all about yeah. being a middle-aged, you know, semi-successful musician that never yeah. really made it and had to do blue-collar work. Um, it's a very fascinating stuff. Um, anyway, but this year, all the people who missed Joy Electric finally convinced Ronnie Martin to come back, and mm-hmm. um, Ronnie Martin came back under his name, Ronnie Martin, instead of Joy Electric. And, and that was the he, end of last year that he released the first one, right? It was actually the beginning of this year. Oh, this year. It was the okay. beginning gotcha. of this year. And why I'm so, like kind of up about this is because Ronnie Martin didn't just release one album. It was, uh, so he released one at the very beginning of this year called, uh, from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. Very long title, but it's top tier joy electric stuff. It's even better than some because it's his voice. Isn't is it's more seasoned it kind of tones down that that bubblegum, saccharine, sweet, you know, sound. And um, and I think our brains are just, you know, since Stranger Things came out and synth has been just everywhere, our brains are more into synth. And it just feels like, it feels like Joy Electric has finally found its place in the world. So that's that's my push for that. So Ronnie Martin had that release. And then... Not only did he release one album, he released three albums this year. Nice. So he released a Christmas album um, about a month ago. And it's perfect because Joy Electric has always been like very magical Christmas time mm-hmm. music. And so is Ronnie Martin. And so uh, it's just a perfect fit for him. And then beyond those two, I didn't even know he released a third album called Clothed with Splendor that is just two really long instrumental pieces. And um, and it was it, it's great. It's just, you know, it's more uh, very, you know, synthesizer, very much joy electric musically. But uh, but if like his voice is the thing that throws you off, you might actually enjoy this because, you know, it's it's cool, kind of ambient, uh, almost progressive in the fact that it's long and it, it morphs into different things. So I don't know. I need to listen. I need to listen to the last two because I, yeah. I, I, I listened to the first one and I I liked it better than his Joy Electric stuff, but um, it still wasn't doing it for me. Well, yeah. if it was his voice or what, but but yeah. anyways, I need to give it a shot because I, I I still appreciate him as a musician. 
um, I still appreciate that he's out there doing what he does. So, <laughs> yeah, if you like, I just love the Martin brothers for the fact that they have stuck to the visions of what music yeah. they like to make. And, um, and I think they've been consistent in what they've produced, but yeah, I, th- I feel like this year was the year of Ronnie Martin, um, which is beautiful. Very cool. Okay. I, I definitely went on and on about that and went through right. some wild. You're not going to get any complaints from me whenever we're talking about the Martins. So wild twists and turns, but if, uh, just as a, as a last note on the Martins, I will say, if you want to know, if you want to experience the weirdest collaboration, you should listen to the Brothers Martin album mm-hmm. because it's like Jason Martin's all about the like doldrums, like shoegazy, like this is my life kind of writing. And then you have you have Ronnie, who's like, you know, like you like you said, like yeah. popcorn, like poppy and all the happy and whatnot. And then when those two combine, it's weird as hell. Um, but it works. They make it work somehow. Uh, I still like listening to that album every so often. Yeah, um, that's it a- shouldn't work. Nothing about that album should work. <laughs> but it does. But it does. <laughs> it's a good. That's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for me, I I well, honestly, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of new discoveries. If you had asked me last year, my biggest one would have been Sam Fender. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's last year. So. Uh, this year, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to toss it over to uh, Jamison for uh, introducing me to Shearwater, uh, mm. because goodness, I had never heard of them and didn't realize that they were tied to uh, O'Curvolt River, which who I used to listen to back in the day. Um, yeah, and uh, just really fell for them. At least the first three albums, like you said. Uh, the other yeah. ones are hit and miss, but uh, the newest one too, the one that came out this year is actually quite good and it grew on me. Um, mm-hmm. It it does feel like a return to those island, that island trilogy. The island days. trilogy, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Shearwater, man, I, I can't, like it's, it's insane. And at some point I may have to ride on it, but I really distinctly have this, this this they're the only band who does this for me but i'm a huge talk talk fan mm-hmm. and they have gotten the closest to encapsulating the same vibe and the same feeling i get from talk talk mm-hmm. admittedly they're not as clean or not as as uh, strict in how they compose but the the compositions are emotional and uh they're there's enough going on in them that it reminds me a lot. And his voice, the lead singer's voice is uh, very distinctive in a uh, Mark Hollis kind of way. So uh, yeah, I mean, Shearwater, that was my biggest music discovery of the year. And they've been around for what, over 10 years at this point. I think they're pushing 20 like years, 20, maybe 20 years at this point. Yeah. 20 years? I think, okay. I think, uh, the first of the Island Trilogy, Palo, South, Palo Santo, came out um, at least 2006, if not if not earlier than that. And, but yeah. And but, they had uh, one or two albums before that, so. 
Yeah, I I haven't ever listened to anything before that. I'm sure it, it's I'm sure it would be good. It's indie. I mean, yeah, it's it's about what you would expect from a band like them on their yeah. first couple of albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they cool. they really come into their own on Palo Santo though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no yeah. that that album is is fantastic and distinctly that album I, I think while i like the whole of the trilogy the first album is really like it's just insanely good yeah yeah i i mean i still get chills on some things i think my introduction was the golden um archipelago mm-hmm. um and i still get chills listening to some of those songs but yeah i i like oh man yeah but the the new album um the great awakening right mm-hmm. that that is kind of a return to form like you said so um cool cool and i have to hand it to blake i i'm not the best historian about things and i don't always know like oh this band is actually using this as a as influence and things like that so i have mm-hmm. to hand it to blake for making the talk talk connection to me and, and pointing me in the direction of, you know, I had listened to some talk talk songs. I think my dad left me with, with one of their records. I think it's mm-hmm. one of their more popular ones, but, um, yeah. but I hadn't really gotten into them before. And Blake really kind of pushed for that when we were talking about, um, Shearwater. And so, yeah, yeah. I have, have him to thank for that. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Anytime I can get someone on the talk talk train, it's a win. The, the triple T, triple T. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So none Wait. of that is what we're here for. Before we transition, I oh. would like to share uh, that um, while you were talking about that, uh, just two minutes ago, I finally received an email inviting me to this recording from oh wow <laughs> oh impressive impressive yeah i think i'm just gonna have to copy the link and send it to you by via my email every time yeah we uh just for for, for those who don't know we use zencaster and while it's good in a lot of ways the invitation system is leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> the invitation system <laughs> Seems to take longer and longer each each time yeah, we record. Really, it's nuts. Uh, Blake will send send an invite for me to record, and I won't get it. And then maybe... I sent that. Oh, by the way, I sent that at eight thirty. Uh, your time, and it is my now, time now nine thirty. Your time, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So uh, it's it's a great invitation platform if you plan on recording an hour after you mm-hmm. start doing things for your recording. But um, if you need a more immediate solution, definitely um, send your invitations yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but so, so what are we doing, James? What are we, who do you think you are? What are we doing? <laughs> well, so today, today is kind of a retrospective, right? Uh, we, we had, I don't know. I, I don't know what the official count of episodes we had um, this year. This will be number 12 for the year. 
this will be number 12. But we did have some mini-sodes, and we also had a trailer. But let's not count those. Yes, this will be number 12. So, uh, since it's the end of the year, um, I guess we're kind of wrapping this up and calling it Season 1. Not that that should matter or mean anything to anyone, but uh, Season 1 of Flyby Films, great success, very good job. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as it's wrapping up, we uh, we want to to kind of celebrate in the way that, that film critics tend to celebrate the end of the year, right? Um, and what's that celebration is they compile lists, lists of their favorite films of the year. Yeah. And um, often ones that are nominated for big awards, because that's how critics work. They're paid off to pick those in their lists. They're paid off. But we're not going to do that. No, uh, we are actually going to, um, I think we're really doing something new here, Blake. We are yeah. breaking a lot of the molds because our best list isn't going to be chosen from movies that came out this year. Although one of them did, I believe. One of them did. Yes, one um, of them did. Our annual top ten list is going to be only of films that we covered on Flyby Film. And so... Uh, <laughs> So Blake and I put together a list, which even that is maybe a little bit of a misnomer, because what we actually did is we realized we only watched 10 movies on the podcast anyway. So this isn't really a In list. season one. Yes, in season one. So this isn't so much a list as it is an ordering or a ranking of the movies that we watched completely. So um, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to submit it as our our favorite films of of 2022 that we watched. It's the essential flyby films <laughs> ranking. The essential flyby films ranking. So um, uh, that's what we're going to be doing tonight, and um, we have some some fun ways for determining that, but. Uh, before we got onto the, the the recording, we did kind of do a preliminary list, right? So I don't know if you want to introduce what yeah, our what our preliminary list ranking for our favorite films were. So we actually we actually had a tie for number one and number two. Uh, so the way we Jameson and I both did is we gave ourselves 50 points, 50, not 15, 50 points. And we had to rank all of 10 movies with at least one of those points. Um, and however many points we gave a movie de determined where it was on our favorites list, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, we put them together. We tallied the points, and this was the list. This was the preliminary list that we came up with. But we had a tie for number one and number two, which is, should not be surprising. If anything's going to get tied, it's probably either going to be the the first and second, or it's going to be like some random like number six, and number seven, some crap like that. So, but our our number one and number two are Cold Case Hammerschold. And Dark City, which mm -hmm. are uh, 
two of our better episodes too uh, i would say yeah those uh, were very good okay hammershold being our pilot episode uh and then dark city being our rehearsal episode uh, yeah so uh it's that's that's high-end stuff right there uh then we had be kind rewind for number three by the way uh jameson was was kind enough to put dark city at number two since it's alphabetically inferior yeah because c comes because before he, d he, because he was confident that it would probably not stay that way through the process so uh so yeah number three be kind rewind number four down with love uh number mm. five was computer chess number six brew baker Number seven, we're all going to the World's Fair. Number eight, Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. Number nine, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh. And number ten, our least favorite film, which if you'd listened to the episode, you probably would have known this was coming. This is no surprise. Day of the Dead. So yeah, this is our preliminary list, but... Jameson, Jameson and I were like, well, yeah, but critics do this crap all the time. Like, why should we trust these people? Uh, just because they like something doesn't mean that it should be taken seriously or anything like that. So we wanted our, our list to go through the ringer. And we wanted, to, wanted it to look different on the other side of it. So we're throwing our, uh, we're throwing our chips in with the old lady luck. And uh, we'll see where this goes from here. Jameson's going to explain. I have no idea what's going to happen on this yeah. episode, except for the final draw. That's the only thing I came up with. <laughs> well, so this, I'm going to turn it over to Jameson. He's going to explain about what's about to happen. Yeah, so we, um, because we can consider this this list preliminary, because it was, uh, it was a meeting of two minds, Blake and Jameson. And we had different rankings maybe it was very similar but we had we had different rankings and so maybe blake wants to wants to swap out brubaker for uh for computer chess maybe he's like i want that brubaker to go up higher or maybe i want to throw a complete uh wrench in the the whole you know dirty top 10 uh, grossness and just throw uh, Candyman 3 on top of the list and just throw everything off. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little bit of a game. And I'm actually really excited about this game uh, because it's it's not conceptually challenging. At its heart, it is just a quiz. A quiz that I created... And Blake will have to answer the Oof. the questions on this quiz. Is this like and, a phone a friend situation? Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into the <laughs> lifelines that you have available to you in a second. Okay. Okay. But for each question that Blake gets right, he will get a swapping point. Um. And there are seven questions, so he could ideally, you know, in the end, make this list whatever he desires. 
Um, Probably. So he could remake it if he gets all of these right. But if he misses a question, I get half a point. Mm. And then again, again, if, if you miss two, I'll get one swapping point and I'll be able to swap. And, uh, and what's and, and, and what's the other element of this point system? Because if you get points, I have to take a shot of beer. Yes. So we're going to incorporate a drinking game, too, which is uh, if Blake gets a question right, he's going to I'm going to have to take a shot of beer. And if I get if he gets a question wrong, he's going to have to take a shot of beer. So um so we've incorporated that into it too, just just to dole out more punishment because that's yeah. what we're all about. Um, <laughs> but um, but each question, you will have the ability to use a lifeline. Okay. So you have two like lifelines. Each one, I will each one. refresh so, my so, lifeline. Yes, you'll refresh okay. your lifeline, but you can only use one at a time. Okay. One per question. Okay. And uh, your lifelines available are phone a friend or 50-50. So okay. now, though you might be like, oh, why wouldn't I use a lifeline? If you use a lifeline and you miss the question, I get a whole point for that question. Okay. So okay. that's how it balances right. out. Is gotcha. Okay. I don't get half a point because the expected value actually increases for you. So it should also increase for me. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, and uh, for the phone of friends, I'm going to let you decide to call whoever you want. And I'll just set a timer for 30 seconds and they can use the internet. You're not allowed to use the internet. Um <laughs> Scout's honor, you know, all that. Um, but yeah. I'll show you my phone whenever I'm answering my question to show that I'm not using it. <laughs> I don't. I trust I trust you, Blake. <laughs> if you if you get all seven of these without like having any struggle, I will know you cheated. Because these oh, are wow. not these are not easy questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh but you might you might get some. You might get some. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Do you want to know what the quiz is about? Uh, yes, please. Okay. So, I hope movies? Uh, not movies exactly, but close. Oh. Close. So I was actually really interested in this idea of, um, of top ten lists, right? Like, gotcha. okay. it got me thinking about this. And so, um, so I was thinking about, uh, I'm actually on the record as, as saying that right now, like our end of year lists are, are generally a bad thing for criticism, film criticism, um, yeah. album criticism, because what happens is they're actually a lot of times released like early December and, uh, and that just kind of really fucks with things because like, People forget about things that came out in January. Then they also don't remember things that came out in December. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's pretty poor taste. And actually, 
I give a lot of shit to the Academy Awards, but one thing I will say is that the Academy Awards do it right where they wait a couple months. I yep. am on record multiple times, and I'll go on record again as saying end-of-year lists should come out in April. So April of the next year is when we should be releasing best of, you know, previous year. Because we should have plenty of time to digest releases yes. in December. Yeah, we should digest. <clears throat> we should digest releases in December. It will also force you, since like you don't have that recency bias, it'll probably force you to make you know think about mm-hmm. like the whole year in total. Anyway, um, but but I still was interested in this topic, and so I also think like after my my deep dive which when I say my deep dive, I mean, I didn't just Google it and look at the top result. I actually went onto Wikipedia too. So that's, that's deep diving. Um, Oh, nice. The wiki hole. I think these top 10 lists are actually something that came out of film criticism. Surprised. I, I don't think top 10 lists existed before this. Like, of the year annual lists and things like that and um i was actually curious what like the genesis of this was and so i i i went into some of these things and i wanted to find i tried to google like what was the first movie top 10 list ever made that's actually a really hard thing to google because you actually just get a bunch of top 10 lists of the year top 10 lists yeah but it is an interesting question, and it's interesting to try to think of the genesis of like, okay, where did this come from? Why do people do this? Why do we love to do this? And, and so, why do people who read it give a shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and that's kind of tied tied into it. So, so I put together um, a. Uh, it's not all top ten lists, and in fact, there's a question about the Academy Awards. We'll start with that. Um, uh, but it's it's kind of about the history of ranking movies, and um, oh. so yeah, okay, and all right, and I should point out again, I deep dived quote unquote by using Wikipedia. So if you want to know my sources, <laughs> I don't Go have I don't have that much time to turn this into a big dissertation. I went to Wikipedia, so if you have an issue with with something I say, something I claim, talk to me about it, inform me about it, but take it up with Wikipedia. Give your eh, beef. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs them? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. And, and each of these, I think, has some very interesting, you know, details to it. So, um, but I'll give you a softball. This okay. is the first question. You ready, Blake? You ready to I'm play? Ready. Who wants to I'm be? Ready. I was ready. I'm gonna get a top ten list in air. Do 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 do. All right. So we're all familiar with one of the most famous uh, film ranking systems, which is the Academy Awards, um, and this is actually one of the earliest uh, two that I could find. Earliest examples. Um, the Academy Awards started in 1929. That was its its first year. Um, so, first question: 
which film was the first to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards? And I'm going to give you four options. So Beautiful. Okay. All right. Option A, Wings. Option B, The Broadway Melody. Option C, All Quiet on the Western Front. And option D, Cimarron. I have one that I I really think is the right answer. But I'm trying to decide if I should use a, a lifeline just to certify it. Uh, 50-50. Okay. Uh, that annihilates the Broadway melody and Cimarron. So you're left with Wings or All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet on the Western Front. Incorrect. <laughs> the first one was Wings. Um, <laughs> these were actually I was the... so certain I was so certain well All Quiet on the Western Front did win these are actually the first four movies oh that's funny. movies uh, that won <laughs> Academy Awards but Wings was the first one alright yeah. down down the old gullet <laughs> oh yeah huh. okay <laughs> All right. So you've got a point. I did get a point. Yeah, I marked right. that down. Uh, yeah, I get a full point because you 50-50 that shit. Mm. Mm. Jeez. Part of me, part of me thought I should go with the other one, but I, I was, I was so certain. I was so always, certain. yeah, always go with the one that you least expect, right? Uh, <laughs> that's that's what they say. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Top 10 lists um, and film rankings came out of uh, movie criticism, film criticism. It, it flowed from that that fountain. So, Blake, what publication printed the first movie review? And I will give you a date. Uh, okay. This, this was January 19th. 1907 Ooh, and it was actually okay. it was actually two two movie reviews and the movies would you like to hear what movies they were for were they short films i don't know i don't okay. have that all right uh Sweet. probably Give they were the, the life of the cowboy and an okay. exciting honeymoon so Ooh. it was a it was a feature <laughs> that covered both <laughs> huh, mm. i wonder why it's exciting well, this was 1907. This was pre-code. Uh, yeah, so pre-code. you know. You know they were getting it on. Yeah, things were getting uh, nasty in there. Okay, do you want your options? Whereas my son says, nasty. <laughs> oh, shame. <laughs> okay, give them to me. All right. Option A, the New York Times. Option B, the LA Times. Option C, Variety, or option D, Time Magazine. Mm. 
the the funny thing about this is that I was super excited about like getting to use phone a friend, but I'm not entirely sure I have any friends outside of you that <laughs> might know these. Well, it just might be fun. Oh, oh yeah, no, there, there. It, I'll, I'll get to. I may do it about midway. Um, <clears throat> so it's Variety, New York Times, L.A. Times, and what was the other one? Time Magazine. Time Magazine. I, uh, I have my doubts. It's, it's New York Times. Um. I really am leaning towards variety. I go. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go variety. Is that your final answer, Blake? That's my final answer. Boom, you got it. It was variety. <laughs> I was yeah. like, there's no way in hell New York Times did that because they didn't give two craps about film at that point. Yeah, that's probably they were, true. They were too hoity-toity for that. Yeah. No, <laughs> there was, at that time, there was a lot of, like, discussion on if if films were real art, you know. Yeah. Very well, similar to it. Part of me was thinking that time, I don't remember them doing films until like the last 30 40 years. Well, Time Magazine wasn't even around. That was that was just one. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. But like New York Times was around, LA Times yeah, was around. LA Times, yeah. Um, but also Hollywood, I don't think had been established yet. So most of the mm. movies were in New York, too. So Gotcha. The if you had used 50-50, you would have been left with New York Times of Variety. So, Oh, in that case, I would have totally gone for Variety. I'd been like, All right. Eh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, down the hatch. Sweet. So we're tied. One for one, huh? One for one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we get to our first example of film lists. Um okay. And it actually took me a while to find this example because, again, it's it's hard to kind of Google this. But um, I was able to find this um, this publication and a Wikipedia page about it called The Film Daily. So The Film okay. Daily uh, was originally titled Wids Film and Film Folk, and it started in 1913 under that name and it was started by wid gunner and it in 1918 turned into a daily publication and it was the first daily publication to be completely dedicated to film so yeah there's there's some cool interesting things and in 1922 it started its annual year-end critics poll. And it was a countrywide critics poll resulting in a top 10 list. So they would get um, votes from critics around the country and they would tabulate those and turn it into a top 10. And this is actually the earliest example that I could find on the internet of a top 10 film list. So it might be 1922 um 
uh, it might not. So uh, there might be. I mean, you heard it here, folks, on Flyby Films. That is the first top ten film list. I think that would be here differently. It's wrong. I think that would be an interesting, uh, interesting find if it was. I'm actually interested in what the answer is if anyone has interest or uh, knowledge of that. Unfortunately, the Film Daily is no longer active. Oh, so the name also changed to the Film Daily in around 1922 from Wids Film and Film Folk. Uh, like Wids Film and Film Folk. Personally. I like that too. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It makes it feel, or it makes it seem like it was just some zine that some guy made and like passed yeah. out. Yeah. And his uh, friends. Yeah. Uh, the Film Daily is no longer active. What was the last movie to top its year-end list? Sorry, do you need me to read that again? I'm just... Uh, yes. It's no longer active. What was the last movie to top its year-end list? And this was... I'm not going to like, give you the date. Me. Okay, okay. You can, you can infer this from the... Uh, from the From the selections, choices. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So the choices are The Sound of Music... Butch okay. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, okay. Rosemary's Baby, or Midnight mm-hmm. Cowboy. So as you can tell, it, it ended its publication somewhere in the 60s, 70s. Late 60s, early 70s, yeah. Hmm. So we're looking at, and then we're looking for the one that topped the last list. The one that topped the last list. This is a completely unfair question. So. It's not unfair. It's actually a really good question. It's an interesting question, but... It's a very interesting question. <laughs> There's like, no... I, I know which one I would pick as out of those should be the top of the last list. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know if they would agree with me. So, <laughs> so you said Butch Cassidy, Rosemary's Baby... Midnight Cowboy, and what else? And The Sound of Music. I hate The Sound of Music. Ah, hmm. 50-50. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Okay, uh, you're left with Rosemary's Baby and Midnight Cowboy. Ah. go rosemary's baby you are incorrect it was midnight cowboy Jeez. well at least it wasn't sound of music (laughs) yeah no sound of music (laughs) topped it uh in um 65 so it finished in 1970 and the last year for film was 1969 Actually, gotcha. Rosemary's Baby and Midnight Cowboy were not on the same list together. So. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. All right. So two to one. Down two the to, Two to one. 
All right. This is getting uh, this is getting heavy. This is man, getting... I'm I'm really proud of you, man. This is this took some this took some work. Uh, excuse me. I didn't do any effort for this because I uh, am a true well, yeah. believer I mean, in Wiki, the podcast. Yeah. Wiki. I mean, come on. If you really had wanted to do the work, you would have bought some library books and, you know, gone to a few, you know, primary source locations. <laughs> Looking at Wiki is not effort. Yeah, low effort. Please do not <laughs> do not say do not besmirch my name and say that I put any effort into this. No, Thank I'm you. just proud of you. Oh, for how little effort you put into it. Thank you. And how Thank good you. it is regardless. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for question four? As ready as I'm going to be. All right. So another early uh, top 10 list uh, producer was the National Board of Review. And okay. an interesting thing about the National Board of Review is they're actually still going to today. But they actually started out as a censorship uh, group because films were starting to get a little more wild and, and all that. Um, and in fact, I think one of the early variations of their name had censorship in it. I and, think I read a book about this actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so they, they wouldn't give a film like any sort of rating, but they would, you know, review it and they would say it's, Oh, it's been, passed by the national board of review you know and so um but they started to distance themselves from the censorship especially as um the motion picture association of america started to rise up and uh, as most people are familiar with the mpaa or more recently the mpa um motion picture association um, because they're universal now, apparently, um, uh, is famous for its film ratings like R, yeah. PG-13, and, and stuff like that. They've done a lot of other shady shit. but And R-17? Uh, uh, NC-17. NC-17, yeah. Yeah, that's the do good you know, stuff right there. Do you know what NC-17 stands for? Uh, I know the 17 is like... Uh, it's the age, but I don't remember what NC stands for. So uh, I actually had this question as a variant um, if we wanted uh, more questions, I... but I got rid of it. Um, but NC-17, when it first came out, meant no children under 17 admitted. That um, makes sense, yeah. But then they realized, why are we letting 17-year-olds in? We should just make it 18. So they raised the age to 18 and so now it says now it stands for adults only no children 17 or younger admitted gotcha so, yeah it's weird um anyway uh so the national board of review kind of left uh left the censorship to the mpa and became more of a legit film criticism but um group but they do an annual uh, top 10 uh, poll, 
and they poll critics and they release their top 10 list. So what year did the National Board of Review first publish its top 10 films of the year? <laughs> Do you want your options? Yeah. 1924, 1925, 1939, or 1933? <clears throat> Notice that all of the options are after 1922, because I already told you that was the earliest yeah. example that I found. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, when in doubt, always choose C. Um, I'm going to go 29. 29 is correct. 1929. They started the same year as the Academy Awards, so... Uh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah, look at us. Man. Neck, neck and neck. Two for two. Two Jeez. for two. Dang. All right. Fajitas. Fajitas. Yeah, so you have, you have three I'm more questions. Here. <laughs> okay. Don't worry, Blake. Uh... None of this will be on the quiz, so. Oh, beautiful. Thank you don't God. have to remember any of it. Oh, thank goodness. Um, okay, so now we, we kind of focused on some of the earliest of cinema, which started. Cinema, you know, was, the United States was kind of the, the biggest, you know, there were other places, but, but the U.S., kind of had, I would say, the earliest boom in cinema, and um, we were pretty big adapter or adopters in it and, and proponents of it. So uh, most of that was all kind of based on, on American film and, and kind of what was going on there. So now we're going to set our sights to international film lists. <laughs> so we're going to talk about international film lists. Okay. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, but one of the earliest international annual top 10 film lists that I could find um, is from the public publication Cahier du Cinéma, which is a French publication. Mm -hmm. uh, their annual top 10 list started in 1951 and it still runs today. They still release it today. Which of the following di directors has made it onto Cahier de du Cinema's annual top 10 film list at least 10 times? Okay. Okay. Give me the options. Okay, your options are Clint Eastwood, hmm. Alfred Hitchcock, Martin Scorsese, hmm. Or Federico Fellini. Uh -huh. I was waiting for for one of those big uh, Italian or French directors. Mm -hmm. uh, Fellini I th feels too easy. Um, 
that yeah that that seems like you threw that one in there just to try to lure me into thinking it's a i I really think it's one of the others so i don't Mm. think martin scorsese doesn't seem like he had enough movies that would appeal to to the french to the french yeah at least not to the high end they have a pretty film critics they have a pretty varied selection i will tell you oh, I'm this not surprised yeah. yeah i will tell i will tell you this um one thing that i thought was interesting was uh M. Night Shyamalan actually shows up pretty frequently. Well, has shown up three times on their list, which, okay. um, uh, you know, I think he tends to be kind of overlooked by a lot of American uh, critics. So, Amen to that. Uh, oh, I forgot oh, to take man. my Can shot. I... Oh, Here. yeah. Shoot. Down the gullet, man. I'm thrown off by Clint Eastwood. That feels weird enough to be true. Mm. That's the one that's getting to me because that one feels like it's too absurd, but it also feels like the one that would make this question worth asking. Mm. But but my go-to is Hitchcock. Um, I'm going to go 50-50. Okay. Uh, you're left with Clint Eastwood and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it, Clint Eastwood. Blake, you are correct. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way Martin has done that. No well, way." <laughs> I I mean. But also, you you do have to feel in your heart. There's no way Clint Eastwood has done that, but he has. Oh yeah, they're wrong. They're they're they <laughs> have to be wrong. Like, but just on a pure guessing, like the statistics game, like how could I not go for Eastwood on that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Blake is up one point in this game of okay. seven. Okay, are you ready for the next one? With your best shot, boom, boom, boom. Blake, are you familiar with uh, the publication Sight and Sound? I'm yes. sure. You, yes. Okay. Image Journal, right? That's Image. No. Uh, oh, they, no, that's separate. That might be a different thing, but uh, yeah, I think it's a different Sight thing. and Sound is. A, but yes, I've heard of Sight and Sound. Yeah. So Sight and Sound is the subject of the next question they are a british publication international that's where i know it from okay yeah what one of the most respected international polls for greatest films of all time so we're actually moving on from annual top 10 lists now we're talking about ranking all film over the history of time all film okay and this is one of the most um respected and long-running um, kind of all film things is the sight and sound film poll. It includes critics and directors, and once per decade, um, they poll critics and directors 
and they put together a list based on they ask each of them for their top 10 i think ranked and then or maybe it's not ranked i don't know i've never been asked yet um yet uh but uh they ask all of their film culmination i tell you it's the culmination it's the culmination yes yes this is what flyby films is is aiming for a low effort way to be recognized by sight and sound. Um, anyway, so they ask them for a top 10 list and then each movie on that list gets a vote. They tally all those. So similar to kind of similar to what we did for our list. Uh, and then, and then they compile those. Um, so, um, it started in 1952 and it still runs to this day. It's once a decade. So this year they actually had one of their polls and it was their eighth poll. So of the eight polls Sight and Sound has held, four films have made it to the top of the list. Which of the following films has not been a Sight and Sound greatest of all time? Okay. So do you want the... the um, yes. Options. Yeah. Options. Yeah. The first one is City Lights. The second one is Bicycle Thieves. The third option is Citizen Kane. And the fourth option is Vertigo. So three, three of those movies have been a greatest movie of all time based on sight and sound. And uh, one of them has not. Uh, I think my phone a friend. Ooh. Okay, so. Like, do we have to call ask? My friend. Do we have What's to that? ask? Do we have to ask for consent, or are we just gonna throw them into this? I'm just gonna throw them into this because right. I I trust he'll be fine with it. Uh, if 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 he answers the phone. <laughs> This is my good friend, Blaine Grimes, who is probably the smartest movie guy and has seen way more old old Ooh. films than I have. So I think he has a good shot at getting this one right. All right. Let's see. Your call has been forwarded to an voice in the No. Here. Can I text a friend? Uh, you can text. <laughs> sure. If you want to text a friend, and then we can move on to the next question and table this one for now. Okay. But okay, don't text. If, if he says he's, he's good to go, then I'm going to call him at any point. Okay. That but sounds... Vanguard. That sounds good. Okay, so this this would have been the last question, but um, but uh, we'll we'll table sight and sound for now. So question seven: um, Have you ever heard of the Brussels World Fair? No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it's also called Expo Fifty Eight because it was the fifty. It was the nineteen fifty eight World's Fair. Um, That's funny. So uh, That's hilarious. The, the Brussels World Fair also had a greatest of all time international film poll, and they claim to be the world's first universal film poll. Which is very interesting because Sight and Sound started their international film poll a whole six years before this one was held. So I had to do some thinking. I even tried to go to the source that they cited, but it was paywalled, so I couldn't oh, of course. get it. Um, you should have asked I, me. I know how to get past paywalls. Well, I didn't want... <laughs> I, I, I'll ask you next time, Blake. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, so I think in this case, the universal film poll actually just means they asked thousands of people in the international universe um, rather than, I think, sight and sound when they started out, they were very, very selective on who gets to participate. Gotcha. However... Okay. The more recent Sight and Sound poll this year was actually um, quite a bit larger. It was like 1,700 participants or something like that. Quite a bit larger than previous years. So okay. um, anyway, nice. so that's kind of an interesting thing about the Brussels World's Fair uh, International Film Poll was they claimed to be the first the universal one. Um, which film topped this list so after they tabulated all of it um do you want your options yes please okay a the gold rush b bicycle thieves c battleship potomkin or d the passion of joan of arc i've seen both of the final two in in theaters You've seen Battleship Potemkin in theater? Joan of Arc, yeah. The Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah. Nice. With Passion of Joan of Arc had a, sound, a new soundtrack by uh, one of the members of Portishead. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Was it Jeff Barrow? No, it was the other guy. Adrian oh. something. Yeah, hmm. whoever the other guy is. Yeah, um, I don't know because he's less active, but that's a really cool yeah. thing that he's done. So yeah, um, Russell's World Fair. How yeah, what what do you think? How would communist do I think they are? Yeah, what do you think would sprout up? At the Brussels State Fair. Or World Fair. Uh, well, it... I mean, everything Everything in me wants to say Battleship because it's one of the great films of all time. But I also really like Passion of Joan of Arc and I think it's... I haven't seen the other two. Gold Rush, I think, is uh, Buster Keaton. Or yes, is it, uh, I, Charlie Chaplin. I think something? 
it's oh, is it Charlie Chaplin? Oh man, I'm doubting doubting myself. Yeah, I thought it was doesn't much matter. I would be surprised if if a comedy made it to number one on that list. Charlie Chaplin. I don't know anything about Bicycle Thieves. Bicycle Thieves, it's an Italian. I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot in the dark. I'm going to go Battleship. Is that your final answer, Blake? That's my final answer. You are correct. It is Battleship Potemkin. Yes. Yes. Wow, you're killing it. Here, you're killing me. So we're three, are we three, three? Or is it two four? Uh it's two four right now. Two four? Okay. With with the potential of going two five. Can 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 I pick one other person to call? Yes. Because I still haven't gotten an answer. I would love I would love to get anyone online. <laughs> see if uh, see if my ex uh co podcast co host is uh is up. You're gonna wake up with a bunch of angry texts. Why did yeah. you call? You know it's gonna happen. Hi, you're gonna be traveling in. Unfortunately. Dang it. Okay. Dang it. All right. Okay, give me the options. All right. I'm just going to go at this alone. Okay. Well, Blake, is your wife available? <laughs> Do you want to ask? She's probably asleep by now. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, you could do a phone <laughs> a friend from inside your house. Um, okay. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> so, this is, this is sight and sound. So... It's happened eight times. Only four films have made it to the top of the list. Which of the following films has not been a sight and sound greatest film of all time? A. City Lights. B. Bicycle Thieves. C. Citizen Kane. Or D. Vertigo. I'm almost dead positive that City Lights has been on it. Pretty sure Vertigo has too. Mm. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, Blaine, Blaine. Hey, sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm doing my low effort podcast. And and Jamison has set up a game where he's asking me questions and I get to phone a friend. So I need you to uh, help me answer this question. Okay. Okay. You good? The wife is like, yeah, you can use whatever you want. I just can't. Wait, if you're going to use the internet, I'm going to start a timer. 
<laughs> well, I, I thought you were going to start a timer anyways, Jameson. Anyways. Okay. Okay. So, Sight and Sound. You've heard of Sight and Sound, the British. Okay, so they did their eight polls or whatever, or eight lists of yeah, top films of all time. Yeah, they've done it eight times. They've done it eight times. Which of the, these four films did not make it into their top list? Well, did not make it to the top of their list. Did not make it to the top, sorry, of the no. list. So City City Lights is one. Bicycle Thieves. Uh, Citizen Kane. Or Vertigo. And you have 30 seconds. Citizen Kane, Vertigo, Bicycle Thieves, City Lights. It's going to be City Lights. Okay. Thank you, sir. You're a good man. Wait, do you want to know what the answer is, Blaine? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Do you, do you want to know the answer? Okay. Tell me the answer, Jameson. The answer is City See, Lights. Yeah. You. I'm telling him, so... The answer is City Lights. You guys win. Oh, you got it right. City Lights. All right. Good job. Yeah. Bicycle Thieves, Citizen Kane, and Vertigo have you, all You saved been... me because I was not going to pick City Lights. I thought for sure it was going to be on there. So. <laughs> all right. Thank you, man. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Sorry to give you a heart attack. <laughs> all right, man. Take care. <laughs> all right that was a success um good Beautiful. job good job blake um okay so yeah you uh the interesting thing about that is yeah city lights has been number two on the list before but it's never gotten to number okay. one gotcha. um okay but, but yeah bicycle thieves was the one that was chosen for the very first list greatest film of all time and then the five polls after that were all given to Citizen Kane. So, yeah. Okay. It reigned supreme for a while. And then in 2012, it was dethroned by Vertigo. And then I mean, most, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I, I would have, yeah, Vertigo had to be on there. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's Vertigo. It's, it's Vertigo. Citizen Kane, that was one of those where I had the false hope of, like, maybe you put that on there as a kind of like, hey, he's going to guess this. He's not going to guess this one because it's it's one of the greatest films of all time, even though he's never seen it. <laughs> oh, I've never. I need to watch Citizen Kane, too. Maybe we should do that. We should do a fly by film for us. Ones that flew by. Because us. we've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, and then most recently this year they had a new film on the list. Um, it was it's a film called Jean Dielman, Twenty Three Quay Du Commerce, Ten Thirty Brussels. And I've never I feel heard like of we it. We need to watch that one. 
I maybe maybe it is on the Criterion Channel right now. Um, so if you have that, it's I don't. Yeah, I had it at one point, but didn't watch it enough. That's that's what you got to do. You know, you gotta. There's so many streaming services now. So many. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, All right. It really comes down to it. I'd rather watch Jackie Chan than I would some high hoity-toity art film. Well, they have Jackie Chan <laughs> too, so. Yeah, but I mean like the stupid ones, like Shanghai Noon. That's yeah. the kind of crap I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. So, what was the final tally? Final tally. You got five points, and I only got two. Wow. Dang. I thought... I thought that was going to be a lot harder for you, but hey, you know, it is what the, it is. I, I was playing, and it wasn't because I knew the answers. It was, it was I was playing the, I was playing you. I was like, I was thinking like Jameson. Like, how would Jameson word these? How would he, what What would he put in the list to throw me off? You play. <laughs> you played me like a fiddle my my friend <laughs> i really push your nerd buttons play, huh? you you push those nerd buttons you found <laughs> all of the ways to push those nerd buttons so with these points how do i get to use them uh you can make five swaps like i can swap any two any two five times yeah hmm but I don't have to use them. Uh, you don't have to use them. You can throw them onto the pyre. Okay. <laughs> but I have to go first because I'm the winner. Well, I will let you go first. And then I will go. We'll go back and forth. You have because you have five. You have to use your first three first. Okay. Okay. All right. And then and then that. and then I will go and we'll stagger. Uh, I mean, what's so funny is that what's so funny is this is largely the order I put mine in. <laughs> But just to just just to throw it off a little bit, I want to because I've had a change of heart. Mm. I'm gonna switch down with love and be be kind of rewind. Okay. Because I think I think I would I think I would enjoy down with love more than be kind of rewind ultimately on rewatches. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Okay. Any other swaps? Uh, since since my number one is still at the top, I'm going to leave it for right now. I'll okay. still have my other ones in case you try to foil that. Um, I'm going to... Part of me just wants to be mean. You do, <laughs> you, you do it, Blake. Uh, I'm gonna switch Urban Legends Bloody Mary with We're All Going to World's Fair. Okay. And 
I'm going to do I'm, gonna I'm, do, keeping, I'm, I'm switch, keeping track of all of these. I'm also switching them on the thing, too. I'm going to switch to two Candyman films. Okay. All right. So Just to be an, an asshole. Okay. No, that's fine. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready for my yep. first my first swap? And then, and then we'll alternate. I feel like since you won more points, you should get to go last. So that, that seems fair. Actually, um, no, I think you should get to go last. Oh, okay, so then you go... I think you do one. I use however many left I want to use. Okay. And then you you have the final say. All right, we'll do that. I think that's fair. Okay, I'm going to switch um, Candyman 3 okay. with uh, Cold Case Hammer Schultz. <laughs> that is day of the dead right uh yes okay oh okay hmm. all right so that was my some people like to watch the world burn blake okay well in that case i I'm going to move Dark City down to number 10. Ah, uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so you're swapping it with, with Candyman 2? No. No, I'm going to move it down to 10 and everything else moves up. That's not a swap. Oh, that's not a swap? Okay. That's not a swap. All right. All right. Beautiful. Okay, I'm calling it technicalities. So so I so I'm okay. So I'm not I'm not able to do this on here. So basically, what you're saying is right now, Cold Case Hammer Shoulder is number two, ten, right? It is number because nine. you swapped out. It's it number nine, nine because you had swip you had swapped it. Yeah, I'm keeping track of all these. Don't worry. Okay, so. What's number one and number two right now? Number one <laughs> is Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. And number two is Dark City, because you haven't moved that yet. Okay, I'm moving Dark City, and I'm I'm going to... I'm moving Dark City and swapping it with Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Okay. All right, that is... And then... <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to move... I've got one more, right? You have one more, yeah. I'm going to move... <laughs> I'm going to move Cold Case back to number one. Okay. So... <laughs> All right. All right, Cold Case... And then, uh, all right, so for those of you who can't do this math in their head, uh, we have Cold Case Hammerschult at number one, Candyman 2 at number two, Down With Love, uh, Be Kind Rewind, Computer Chess, Brubaker, um, Urban Legend, Bloody Mary, 
we're all going to the World's Fair, Candyman 3, and then at the bottom, our least liked movie of the year, uh, Dark City. But I get one. I'm going to do a swap. Okay. I am going to swap out Dark City for Cold Case. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so now we have that same list, but Dark City's at the top and Cold Case Hammerschult is at the very bottom. All right, Beautiful. Blake. What is this final, final... Um, so here's here's the question, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you answer it. Whatever you decide you would like to do is great with me. Um, I will tell you specifically two possibilities out of the eleven because we're gonna roll two die. Jameson okay. is gonna roll two die, and that is going to be the final action on this list. So we are leaving it completely up to luck on this mm-hmm. one. But it is it is up to Jameson whether I reveal every eleven, like all eleven options that could happen to this list, depending on what he rolls. I will at least reveal two of them if he doesn't. So I, what say you I think So wait, say that again. You're going to I'm going to reveal two regardless. Okay. Because they're the worst and the best depending on how you look at it. Yeah, let's just reveal those for now, and then okay. and then you can tell me what options happen if based on what I roll. So. Okay. All right, so depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. the best option is nothing changes. That is an option. That is an option. Um, the, the worst option is that number one and number ten get swapped. Oof. Depending on how you look at it, that could be the worst option. I think that's a fair option. I don't... I think that's just as good as... I think those are both equal now. Based <laughs> on our... Our terrible... <laughs> Terrible rearranging uh, back and forth, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'm gonna roll the dice. You're gonna roll the dice. All and, right. And I just wanna, I, 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 as, as the, as the non-mathematician guy, I realized, and I think Jameson should be so proud of me. You can't get one with two die. No, you can't. And so I started with number two, and I went to twelve. You went to 12, and 12 is the maximum. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Blake, do you want to blow on these? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, can I get some uh, dice sounds from your mouth? <laughs> I don't know if those are coming through. I think Zencaster is actually like, getting rid of that noise because yeah, exactly. it sounds like it sounds like buzzing okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it down all right the number is eight okay 
Uh, we are switching four and seven. Four and seven get swapped. All right. Okay, so that is Be Kind Rewind and Urban Legend Bloody Mary. Oh, man. Why do we have to do Be Kind Rewind like that? <laughs> hey, at uh, least Down With Love survived. <laughs> yeah. I guess Up With Down With Love. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so that is what, that is our list. You know what, Blake? I'm proud of us because top ten lists mean everything. They're the most important yeah. thing to film criticism, and I think this list really shows that. So yeah, can Easily. I uh, can I do the honors of reading off our top ten? Please, and do uh, it in your most magisterial voice. All right. So, uh, I will give it descending. So, you know, it, it was, it was the first film that we, um, we watched, I guess, is it descending or ascending? Oh, technically it's ascending. Well, what if I start with, with number 12? I mean, number 10. Then you're ascending because you're going to one. I mean, oh. it depends on in 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 the rankings, ranking worlds. One is always the best. Yeah. So you're ascending, but if you're th- talking about numbers, then you're descending. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna descend to our top choice. Beautiful. I like it. Um, so it it may be our our least ranking movie, but it was the one that started the podcast. So yep. cold case Hammerschult, we love you, but you know what a real piece of shit that one. What a real <laughs> piece of shit! How did you? How did you make it to number ten? You had one job. Don't make it to number ten, and you made it to number ten. And you did it. You look. Yeah. You you bastard. Just you a bastard. bastard. All right, number nine coming in uh, just above cold case. Um, Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. Can't say anything good about this movie other than it beat out Cold Case Hammerschult, I guess. Um, good job <laughs> for that. Uh, number eight, we're all going to the World's Fair. Um, I actually like this one the most of our Flyby Frights, but, uh, you know, somewhere in the middle. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. Um, yeah. And then, wow, our dice roll did this dirty. Be kind of rewind, uh, landing at yeah. number number seven. Oof. Be kind yeah, of rewind. that's rough. Michelle Gondry, you deserve so much better. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, you definitely don't see him on sight and sound. No, no. Although Eternal Sunshine might make it some... Uh, no, maybe. that's a piece of shit. No one likes Gondry. <laughs> no, no one. And then, um, <laughs> in the world of the safe, are the next two movies. Number six is Brubaker, and number five is Computer Chess. These comfortably didn't change their position at all. 
Man, must be nice. It's nice being average sometimes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, I some would even say it's the best of the best. The, the ones best. that st- you know, just kind of hit the moderate, man. Absolutely. And then coming in at number 4, now this is where we start picking out the good to great movies, right, Blake? Mm-hmm. This yeah, is where this is these, the good shit. These yeah. are the distinctions made. And number 4, best movie that we watched on this podcast. I mean, really, really this this is the runner up to the top 3 though. Yeah. This, is, this the, is like the loser of the top ones. Yes. This is this is the runner up. Urban Legend Bloody Mary or as I have written here ULBM. That's oh. not indicative <laughs> of uh Bowel of, movement. of any well, you know, you said it. You said it, Blake. All <laughs> right. So, number Number three, coming in at number three, is Down With Love. So, uh, Great film. Honestly, this is the one where the ranking makes sense. It was a great yeah. film. Number three, definitely deserved. And mm-hmm. our runner-up to the best film that we watched this year, our runner-up, best film of the year. Candyman 2, I don't even remember the subtitle, Candyman 2, uh, Farewell to the Flesh. Farewell to the Flesh. Yes. What's Congrats. such cinematic brilliance. Congrats. Congrats. You did it. Uh, you did it, New I Orleans. I don't remember much about it, but it was great. Great stuff. New Orleans. I mean, it must be great. It may oh be- yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, that's right. I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine why it wouldn't be great if it was if it was number two on our list. Uh, number Man, no doubt. And number one, Dark City, which I don't have any qualms about. No. Yeah, I don't either. To be completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there you have it, peoples. Um, our top 10 list we we hope you enjoyed uh us coming to that conclusion it took us through a magical journey of the history of top 10 lists and um and also the history of why you never bet against the house because you'll end up with shitty top 10 lists (laughs) So, would you say that that's the uh, that's the final conclusion of the first annual Flyby Films Fly to Fantasia finale? Oh yes, yes, our annual Flight of Fantasia finale. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, so, so is there anything we need to talk about? Oh, I, I suppose we should give the the, the listeners a uh, a peek, a peek, just a. A glimpse into the next season. Yeah. What are so, we going to do? I think, you know what? This is a successful end of the first season. And yeah, what are we going to do? Well, we have uh, a couple things in the works. Um, some exciting, exciting things. Um, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is we are going to start having guests 
on the podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, we are lining some guests up right now. I think it'll be fun because you and I uh, started the podcast kind of going back and forth, choosing movies for each other and kind of surprising one another with these movie picks. And uh, now we're going to give the reins to our guests to pick movies mm-hmm. and they're going to surprise us. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to try, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to ask them to submit audio of their introduction of the film. We'll see if they actually do it or not. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. Um, you never know. And then we have a couple other projects that we hope to, mm-hmm. to complete too. One of them, um, I think you and I were talking about uh, when when are books better than movies? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, other way around. When are movies better than books? And we wanted to go into an example. So we wanted to kind of deep dive on a particular book-movie combo and kind of discuss it. And I think in this example, I've never read the book in the example that we've chosen. I've never read the book, so I don't actually know if the movie is going to be better than the book in this case. But it is a movie I I find dear. Um, And uh, so that will be coming up sometime in the year. Do we want Um, to tell them just in case they want to read it along with us? No, I mean, I think think it's going to be... It's gonna be it's gonna be later. I don't have time to read a book right now. <laughs> so why? Because uh, you have a baby or something? Yeah, because I have another book that I'm supposed to be reading, and I have a baby that I that takes priority over um, things. I do want to give a shout out to yeah, my wife who has been graciously watching my baby and letting me have this time to record this podcast right now. So it's Man, uh, hats off to Kira. Hats off to Kira. Hats off to Kira. Special special award to Kira. Um, Who, but, if you uh, if you haven't if you don't know Jameson uh, or Kira, then you should listen to the Be Kind Rewind episode because both of our wives show up on that. And you know that might be a, a look into the future of some of the guests we might be having on the podcast too. You so. never know. You never know. You never know. Um, And And then then, the other thing we were going to do is is a director-specific one, right? I think so. Or directors, plural. Yeah, so do you want to introduce that? Yeah, so uh, because Jameson and I are both uh, huge McDonough film film fans, we thought, let's, let's put the brothers together let's really dig into their filmographies and, and let's see who the better brother is. Let's, let's solve this because this has been a question that has been at the back of everyone's mind since the first films that these two men put out. No one cares about their plays or their writing credits. No one gives a shit about that. We're talking about films on this podcast film, not your average ordinary movie. No, these men make film. That's all we care about. So we're going to put them against each other. And we're going to take probably four episodes. Yeah, four. We're going to do we're, we're going to do two movies 
eat on each of those episodes, one from each brother. Yeah. And we're going to review them. And our aim is at the end of the year to finally decide for once and for all who the, the better brother is. And it's my goal, if it's the last dying breath that I breathe, to get one of the brothers on this fucking podcast. <laughs> That's my goal. Yeah. So 2023, I'm going to have you by the balls, you piece of shit. <laughs> so uh, you're not going to feckin' live. For those not in the know, uh, the McDonough brothers are this wonderkin pair of uh, Irish brothers who just make movies and they make amazing films. Uh, they don't work together. They they don't work together. They're not like the Coen brothers. They're separate. I'm sure they, you know, meet at family gatherings and whatnot. But you have Martin Maybe. McDonough, who is famous for In Bruges. Um, and more recently, he did The Banshees of Inishiron, which is getting a bunch of awards praise. Mm-hmm. And his brother, John Michael McDonough, who famously made Calvary, which is probably his most famous film. Mm-hmm. And they each have four movies. And so, yeah, uh, we're very excited to get into who yep. who is the best McDonough. Yep. And at the end of the year, this is the fun part, is we're going to give our first Flannery O'Connor Award to one of the brothers for who we think best fits the Flannery O'Connor aesthetic yeah. in their films. So if, if you've watched any of their films, you probably have picked up on the fact that they both are obsessed with Flannery O'Connor. And mm. it's very, very, I think... Um, Martin even has a direct reference to Flannery O'Connor in one of his movies. Um, and uh, they're, they're very, very closely like, you know, they, they feel like Flannery O'Connor stories. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're going to give the Flannery O'Connor award to who, who captures the Flannery O'Connor spirit the best. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. But yeah, I can like it. Um, so you can look forward to uh, Blake cursing in Irish more really horrible Irish yeah. <laughs> really yeah but later in the year um, but yeah so that the more I think about this question who's the better McDonough it feels like um, feels like a plot of a community episode um <laughs> Because I think there was like there was like this one episode where, um, where Abed takes a takes a class on who's the boss, and yes, um, mm-hmm. and the the teacher or uh, the professor is convinced that that it's um, oh what's his name, um, uh, Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Yeah, I was gonna say Danza Tony. No, Tony Danza. Tony Danza is convinced that it's him, but um, Abed's like, no, it's it's um, it's the the main female character of the show. And he like proves it to him. Um, so this kind of reminds me of of that, where it's like, you know, <laughs> trying to decide this undecidable question. But oh, no, it's not undecidable. 
Once we put our minds to it, our low effort minds, we will solve it. I feel, I mean, maybe this is one of those, like, it's like a quantum mechanics conundrum where, like, you don't actually know if it's solvable until you measure it. And then. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Yeah. And this is going to be scientific AF. Absolutely. How do we go about this. Absolutely. So just look forward to it. All right. Drop so much knowledge. Dropping all these knowledge bombs. All right, dude. (laughs) Well, I think I need to get back, but um, I think that was successful. I really enjoyed that quiz. And um, I had fun. Yeah, that was a blast. I had fun putting you on the the spotlight and uh, really quizzing you hard. So. Yeah, you quizzed me real hard. I pushed And you, you found out that I know how to push your nerd buttons. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I assumed you'd push them back. So I set, you, I set you up for that. There you go. There you go. Well, to everyone, to all of our listeners, have a great new year. We'll yeah. see you in 2023. Yeah. Good job, Look y'all. Look forward to it, man. You made it. Way to make it through another year. Some of you. Some of you might have died. And if that's the case, we're sorry, but that's a circle of life. Yeah, I mean, if if you are one of our loyal listeners and you ended up dying this year, please let us know and we'll give you a shout yeah. out. So. Actually, just put it in the comments. That'd be yeah. good. Uh, like, actually, I've even got an EVP recorder. I'll set that up tonight and you can just like tell me through that. Get the electric pulses. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It'll be like, why? Why? Yeah, if you are a ghost listening to us, please haunt Blake. I don't actually want you to haunt me, so. Okay. Well, pursue the better co-host is on this podcast. Hey, I, I need my sleep. <laughs> I can't be awoken every five minutes by some ghost that, you know, needs me to take a shoe to their child that they forgot to give a shoe to. You know, I just can't be yeah, bothered. That's fair. That's fair. I need no, to you sleep. got other important things to think about. Yeah. Like I have to think about insurance. I have to think about my own children now. I can't think about some ghost children. <laughs> it's just about priorities, Blake. It's just priorities. About priorities. That's key. All right. All right, we've dragged right. this out long enough. I say good night to the to the listeners. Have a good new year. Good night, listeners. Good night, Jameson. Good night, Blake. <laughs>